The Matt Hasselbeck Show. Presented by Infinity of Bellevue and Linwood. Seahawks legend Matt Hasselbeck takes you inside the Seahawks and the NFL for a full hour. Exclusively on the Mike Sox Show. Hello, Matthew. How are we doing today? What's going on? Big week. That was my tribute to Steve Rabel. I called you Matthew. I don't feel nearly as comfortable doing that as he does. You know what? It's so funny because I think the reason he does that is my mom met up with him in the parking lot one day. And she was like, are you the one that's calling him Matt? Because everyone calls me Matt. I call myself Matt. But my mother calls me Matthew. Of course. Uh, pretty much everyone in my family. So uh, Steve Rabel, he's, he's stuck to it. Steven Rabel, maybe I should say. You should, yes. Uh, you're going to get a chance, hopefully, to see Rabes this week or on Monday night. It's pretty sweet, man. Ring of honor. And uh, you'll uh, be here in Seattle for the big ceremony. I can't even not. I cannot even tell you how excited uh, I am. How excited my family is. Uh, not only to go out to Seattle for a Monday Night Football game against the Saints should be awesome, but uh, the Ring of Honor is just something that is over and above my uh, my wildest dreams. You know, early on in Seattle, just it was something that I certainly was aware of, and the great the great names that are up there. But uh, can't can't even put into words right now what it means very cool so when you come to seattle and and you see that right and and you look up and you see kind of in the rafters the players do you spend time kind of researching that and thinking about it and trying to get to know kind of what those what those players meant to the organization and getting to know them well i absolutely did i mean when i got traded there when mike holmgren traded for me uh i didn't know everything that i needed to know and i didn't know every name up there you know i knew some of the names for sure i knew dave craig and jim zorn and kurt warner and some of those names um, but I didn't know enough about uh, Kenny Easley or Dave Brown or Jacob Green even. And, you know, it was, uh, I think, just one of the great things that being coached by Mike Holmgren and that staff, they really cared about the history and the tradition and the foundation that had been set there. And so when we were playing big games and the alumni, the kind of that NFL legends community would kind of come back and you saw how much excitement they had for our game. And we were the ones in uniform, and they were just former players. Uh, it just it gives me goosebumps now to think about it. And, and, and I felt it myself when Seattle wins that Super Bowl in New York uh, as, a, as a former player now, mm-hmm. as someone with a ton of Seahawks pride and Seattle pride. Um, you know, I, I, underst- I, I then fully grasped what it felt like for those guys, the Steve Large and crew. Um, you know what it meant to them, and it's a, it's a special bond that we have, even with the guys that are playing right now. When when uh, you got, I assume to meet some of those guys and and have experiences with them. Uh, do you remember some of those early moments of meeting, whether it's Largent or Zorn or? So, I mean, obviously, I know you were with Zorn quite a bit, but do you have do you have moments that stand out with some of those guys? I mean, my first moment was I can't believe how little Steve Largent is. <laughs> He's just like, you know, I thought he was going to be, I don't know. I just, he was, how did he do what he did uh, for such a long time at such a high level in that body? That was my first, uh, you know, thinking. But, I mean, I remember one game, we're playing a, an away game, and Jacob Green spoke to the team Um it, it was unbelievable. I mean, you want to talk about the great speeches you've ever heard in a locker room. Uh, Jacob Green would, would, but he, he'd have to be in my top five. Um, you know, playing pickup basketball with Dave Brown when he was, you know, basically my father's age was, uh, was really incredible just to see the competitive nature in a great athlete. Um, no matter what we were doing, it could be rock, paper, scissors or pickup basketball. And then, then all those stories that I heard from Jim Zorn and Steve Largent really made sense. Like, Hey, this guy's a leader and he is a, uh, competitor. And you see what sort of made 
those units and those players great. So it was uh, it was a thrill of a lifetime to to just be around those guys when when possible. Who will be coming in uh, for Monday night? Who who's here with you? Well, my, my my entire like my immediate family. So my wife and my three kids, which is a challenge. If anyone who's got teenagers knows what's that like, <laughs> what that's like. But my parents will be there. Um, my brother and his family. Uh, my brother Tim, who's also on television and works Sunday Mondays for ESPN. His family won't be able to make it, but uh, them and then just friends. A lot of friends. So, you know, almost too many to mention. But it's uh, it's going to be. I'm kind of just treating it a little bit like a business trip. I'm going to stay focused and understand. Um, you know, like I guess I have a small role in what's going on on that night, so uh, I'm I'm excited for that, and and definitely very very excited to do it in front of uh, the twelves and that crowd there in Seattle. Well, with that in mind, obviously we're going to rank something at the end of our uh, time together today. We've been doing that every every week. We uh, do our ranked segment with Matt at nine forty five, but uh, I I stole somebody else's ranking, and I, I thought I would run through some of your great moments here in Seattle. Hopefully, you won't be too embarrassed, but. Uh, maybe you can just offer some context or some stories or some memories from some of these games. I went to uh, Field Goals, who's one of the uh, one of the fan sites here and does a great job blogging about the Seahawks, and uh, I found the top ten Matt Hasselbeck performances as a Seahawk. It's top ten Hasselbeck's best performances. Uh, I don't have sound for all of them, and I don't know about the accuracy of all of these. Most of this is before I moved here, so. Uh, number 10 was Seahawks 17, Cowboys 14. Uh, this is from October of 2002. Uh, and it sounds like you, um, what did you do in this game? You got, you were, yeah, you were, so that, uh, that's the Emmett Smith breaks the NFL yes. record game. I actually was not the starting quarterback for that game. I mean, it was a rocky start for me in Seattle. I had the job, lost the job to Trent Dilfer. Trent tears his Achilles in that in that game. The crazy thing about that game, though, is that I brought one pair of cleats to the game, and we had like the biggest bunch of jokesters on our team. Well, they put shaving cream in my shoes to be funny the day before, <laughs> and so I had to play that game. Trent tears his Achilles. And I got to go in and, you know, Emmett got the record, but we're just trying to get the win. I got to go play that game. I'm sliding around in my, like, shaving cream looped up cleats, the only cleats I brought. You know, I had a little bit of a, uh, I don't know, pessimistic attitude about playing that day. So, and I had to play there. And so I just went down the field just taking completions. And I just remember, um, you know, the coaches were so happy with the fact that I just, like, got completions. And I thought, well, shoot, like, if that's going to make you happy, uh, I, I can do that. I, don't, I can stop four it so much and uh it was definitely a, a step a big step for me i wouldn't i wouldn't say it was one of my greatest games but uh it was a game i'll always remember because emmett broke the record and we got and uh and we got the win and i had to do it with the slippery cleats i always felt like emmett should have broken the record against the cardinals it just seemed like every time he would play against them he would just run through the biggest holes i've ever seen yeah, well, he's a great player, and I, I dominated with him in Tech Mobile and Nintendo when I was a kid. I so you did. Uh, you know, I, I I can't say much bad about him. I was more of a Chicago Bears Tech Mobile guy. Give me give me Walter Payton. Give me Dave Dewerson. Give me Singletary. That was my Capozo, the unstoppable play. Yes, I know. So. you know about it. And not to mention, if you throw deep to Willie Galt, like there's a lot you can do with that team. So, all right, number nine. Enough about Tech Mobile. Uh, this is a uh, 2004 December 2004 Seahawks beat the Vikings. 27-23, kind of a disappointing season overall, uh, but a good game near the end of the year for you. I, I thought it was a good year for us. We just could not find a way to beat the greatest show on turf, the Rams, that year. But we had some good games, Minnesota being one of them. 
Uh, that was, I think, Randy Moss, Dante Culpepper. I mean, that was always a challenge. You had to go in there and bring bring your bring your best stuff. And um, road games were a challenge for us early on. I, I forget the years, 03, 04, but we needed to figure out uh, how to win and how to win in that early game sometimes. And uh, that's why it's so cool to see this year's version, or, or I should say, like the Pete Carroll version yeah. of the Seahawks do so well in that t- that early time zone uh, situation. But it, it was always fun for me. I would always say this at the press conference, like, oh, I don't care who we're playing on the other side. But when you're playing a team that's airing it out and, and like a Randy Moss-type team, you know that you got to score points and be a little bit more aggressive and um that that was that was for, for sure one of those games. All right, number eight here is uh, December '07. Seahawks beat the Cardinals forty-two twenty-one. Uh, he says it's the best performance of your two thousand seven Pro Bowl year. Needed a win to clinch a fourth consecutive NFC West title. Yeah, I'm, so that would that would '07 would be Kurt Warner and those great yeah. wide receivers that they Anquan Bolden, Larry Fitzgerald. Arizona sneakily had a really tough team to play. Uh, seemed like all the time. The nice thing about you know playing those guys, whether it was home or away, we usually had a great. Uh, home field advantage either way like seattle people or seattle fans are somehow go to arizona or there i believe that one was at home and you know one of those great games just uh spreading it around i remember hitting nate burleson in one of those and um you know again playing up against kurt warner and that offense was was always fun you kind of get to air it out all right two of these are uh, stuck together number six and number five uh and these are both i'm sorry you know i do number seven first i skipped number seven man uh, this is. Uh, I am. I am embarrassed by this. By thank the way, you. Just so you know, by this list or that we're doing this in general. Just that we're doing this. You know, yeah. People want to hear from you. We got stories okay. about all these games. All right. Plus, everybody loves a good list. So, all right. Seahawks twenty four, Niners seventeen. This is uh, looks like last game of the season, right after Christmas two thousand three. Needing a win to stay alive in a wild card berth, uh, you beat the Niners. Yeah, so I think I mentioned this to you before. Going down and playing at San Fran was yes. so cool. You know, it's just the history down there in that stadium. They can call that stadium different names, but we all know what it is. It's where Joe Montana and Steve Young and Jerry Rice and those guys played. And um, that was an awesome game. I remember we were down two touch, down 14 nothing. come back. And uh, really, I feel like I, that was one of my kind of breakout games where I really developed a little bit of confidence and what put it over the top was after the game when you walk through the 49ers tunnel you share a tunnel back with the 49ers and then you get to the end of the tunnel they go right you go left and I'm in the locker room and the defensive coordinator for the 49ers that day was Jim Mora who was really a great defensive coordinator and really a rising star I think he became head coach of the Falcons the next year he came in our locker room, which is unheard of. The opposing coach never comes in your locker room. He came in our locker room to find me and kind of just like shake my hand, eye contact. And he's like, hey, like that was the grittiest, gutsiest, best performance I've seen from a quarterback this season. That was so impressive. And for me at that time, uh, what, 2003, I wasn't, I had not really arrived or anything like that. So that, that, that meant a lot to me. And, uh, I think I ended up maybe going to my first Pro Bowl that year. And, and that's a division rival that we were like really, um, I don't know, it, was, it, it meant a lot to me. And so that, and, and also I mentioned Seahawks fans are always at that game. Like if when we play in San Francisco in the fourth quarter, you can almost hear our crowd more, just as much as anybody else's crowd. Was that your first trip into the playoffs too? Uh, 2003, yes. Yeah. We were a wild card team. Did not really expect to be in the playoffs. It was kind of, uh, 
uh, kind of a wild ending week 17 in the, around the NFL. And we got in, it was super great. And then, you know, we go to green Bay to play the green Bay Packers. And, you know, that's sort of the infamous, uh, interception, uh, how we ended the, the game in overtime. But, um, but it was just such a, such a great learning year and, uh, kind of just playing with house money at that point, just like really learning how to cut it loose and trying to learn. I think one of the things Mike Holmgren was trying to do is get us to believe in ourselves. He's like, listen, I see it. I see the vision for it. We have the talent. You don't believe it. I also see that you guys need to believe that you can get this done. And, was that true? Um, did you not? Did you guys not necessarily know that you were good enough to be a playoff team yet? No, I didn't. No, heck, no. I, I just don't. I don't think that we thought of ourselves in the same breath as some of those teams. For sure, the team we were playing that day in the playoffs. You mm. know, whoa, you guys have uh, Brett Favre and Amon Green, and you know all these future Hall of Famers. Like, what do we have? You know, like, um, so it, it was. Uh, again, I think losing in the last play of the wild card game in 03 and 04 really set us up for for success in 05 i'm shocked that of all the people to uh, go into the other team's locker room it was jim mora i never i never would have guessed that that would be jim who would say uh, throw caution to the wind and just break the rules like that that's surprising i i, I think you're being uh, i love jim mora i just find him to be very you know he's he's a unique human don't you think well i gotta say this so much of coaching people think it's about wins and losses but i i think it's a little bit about character development and making an impact on uh on those around you in the game and whether i and i ended up meeting up back up with jim mora when he was my head coach uh for a year in seattle but yeah. had that never happened that you know word of encouragement from an opponent yeah. that i had been studying all week cool. who was a challenge to go up against meant a lot to me all right uh six and five i said are linked here we're going through matt's greatest uh, performances leading up to him going into the ring of honor on uh, on monday night here in seattle and i do have i should tell people i've got this code word if you want to win tickets to the game if you want to see matt be inducted into the ring of honor we're going to announce the seahawks code word for the matt hasselbeck show it's your chance to win a couple tickets to see the seahawks host the saints monday night football be there when matt's inducted into the ring of honor at halftime tickets are still available at seahawks.com slash tickets i will uh, tell you what the code word is coming up in 15 minutes so make sure you're listening at 9 30 i will give you the actual code word uh number six and five matt are uh, back-to-back years against the rams october of 05 you beat the rams 37 31 and the next year in october 06 it is uh, 30 to 28 getting over the top against that team must have had some meaning right especially you know sort of post greatest show on turf yeah, greatest show on turf for sure. And they went from AstroTurf to Field Turf. Mm-hmm. Uh, they made a stadium decision, which I think actually helped us because they were so fast on AstroTurf, both offensively and defensively. Defensively, they had a great defense. Lovey Smith was recalling the defense there for a while, and we just didn't have them figured out. But we also did something in free agency where we went and signed two of their defensive ends. We signed Grant Wistrom and Bryce Fisher, who not only, you know, kind of like we robbed from them to make us stronger, to make them weaker, but they also came with a little bit of information and sort of like what they feared about us. And so uh, that that was really a great thing. And then I think I mentioned to you last time that 05 game was in October. And the night before, the St. Louis Cardinals had like an epic, epic baseball game. And the crowd was way into it. Like we could hear it because our hotel was right across the street. And I, I'm telling you, the crowd the next day, and, and crowd noise in a dome is super, like it's a super advantage to the defense. They were lethargic. Like their crowd did not bring it. And uh, and that gave us just enough life to, to get a two-point victory. And we played well. And I remember hitting Daryl Jackson on a, on a deep ball that was uh, kind of like the – 
you know, just the sword right, right in the gut to them. And it was just a, it was a great, great feeling and, and one that, uh, mm-hmm. you know, kind of kicked it off for us. All right. Uh, number four on this list is, uh, I think the most passing yards you had in a game here in Seattle, 449 yards, 36 of 53. For 449 and a 31 28 overtime win against the Chargers. Watch the quarterback draw. And there it is. And it's a touchdown, Seahawks. And we're tied up with one second left. 28 28. We'll run it again. Look at the room that has a back pass. And he gets on the ground at about the 33. He takes the hit from Rodney Harrison. This will be 24 yards. He's 8 of 8 from this distance this year. He hasn't missed. It's up. It's good. It's game. The Seattle Seahawks have beaten the San Diego Chargers in overtime. Pretty good win. Huge win. Like, I can't even tell you because we were we were struggling so much as a team. There were rumors that Mike Holmgren was going to lose his job. Um, some of the veteran guys had it on like good authority. They heard a source that told them blah, blah, blah. Uh, San Diego was a good team. Rod, you know, Rodney Harrison, Junior Seau, like they were, they were a legitimate team. And for us, we, we were just a growing, we were not a great team, but we, we were really finishing the year strong on offense. We had good young talent at wide receiver. We we're number one in the league in third down and, uh, you know, really, I had no idea that I had a bunch of numbers in that game. I remember our backup quarterback for that game was Jeff George, and because uh, Dilfer was hurt, and he had previously been with the Chargers, and this game meant a lot to him. And he takes out a sharpie before the game, and he called himself the sheriff, <laughs> and he was like, he autographs the football, and he's like, "Hey, man, I want you to go out and play like the sheriff today, like third person reference." And I was like, "All right, let's go," and. Uh, and we just played tough and gritty. And this is one of the things that Mike Holmgren was trying to instill in our offense. Like we, people were saying we're a finesse offense because we're four wides and we're three wides, but we can be a tough, gritty, physical team and, and still be a four wides team. We can still, you know, use the pass and be a tough physical team. And so when I, when I didn't slide and I hit Rodney Harrison, I think that excited my teammates just a little bit. And then later on in that game, Daryl Jackson making a huge moment of truth catch as he gets hit by Rodney Harrison in the end zone, but he holds onto the ball, touchdown. Corn Robinson, moment of truth, gritty, you know, catch in the back of the end zone, touchdown. And we fed Max Strong that game. I remember in overtime, we were giving Max Strong the ball so much that we end up winning the game and we get back to our facility in Kirkland and every single person in Max Strong's neighborhood had met us. I think he lived in Issaquah. They met us at the Kirkland facility to like congratulate him for, for his incredible game. And, uh, and if you know Max Strong, he's just like mm. one of the best guys, most unsung hero ever. Um, that was an incredible an incredible uh, time. And then flying back, there was all this like worry on our team. Is Mike Holmgren going to be the head coach next year? Right. Like, what's going to happen tomorrow? Uh, Black Monday, they call it. And, uh, and, and thank goodness that um, – that he was given the chance to stay because, you know, he was just such an amazing coach and really took all of us to, to levels that we never uh, could have gone without him. Well, and certainly that leads into number three on this list, which is the NFC Championship game, uh, January 06 of the 2005 season. Seahawks 34, Panthers 14. Now, I have two versions of the end of this game. I have, uh, I have Rabes' call. 140 and counting. DeLome is going to throw. He hits his receiver. That's Steve Smith. Who makes an end miss? He calls up the ball. The Seahawks have it. The Seahawks recover another 
Stephen, I think you can kiss the baby. I think the fat lady is singing. We'll kiss the baby. We'll do whatever it takes. Steve and Warren, pretty excited that you guys were going to the Super Bowl. I also, though, Matt, I don't know if you ever heard Joe Buck's call. He seems a little less excited for you. And all that's really left is the official stamp at the end of this game, which is the dousing of head coach Mike Holmgren. Yeah, that, you, you wonder when it's going to hit each one of these players and when they realize what exactly has happened. Smith lost the football. What a way for his frustrating night to end. Terrell knocked it out. Trufant comes away with it. And that's about all Joe had to say for until the end of the game. <laughs> hey, I'm still getting goosebumps. That's that's awesome. That's awesome. And to hear Troy Aikman, I mean, I I remember when it hit me. Like I'm just so in the game. I'm so in the moment. Uh, we call a play and we score. And um, and I remember looking up at the clock, like, okay, now what? And I'm like, oh gosh, we're gonna win. Okay, okay. And then thinking, like, who do we got next week? And I'm like, what? Wait. We're in the Super Bowl next week. Like I hadn't even thought that far ahead. Like Mike had us so much one game at a time, and uh, it, it was uh, it was an amazing thing. But I, the, I want to just tell you a quick story about the first play of that game. I knew what the first play of the game was the day before. It was a naked bootleg, um, you know, type of play. And we have one problem. If they come out in the Chicago Bears defense, like Buddy Ryan defense, we have a huge, huge problem. And they didn't do it a lot, but they did. They did it enough. And um, so the day before that game, I'm watching the TV copy of all their games. And, and this was a rare thing for me to do back then. But I did it, and I saw that they would stem from this Bear defense into a defense that was not the Bear defense. And I was like, oh, man. And I heard the middle linebacker go, move! And then they would sort of bluff it. So I come out, first play of the game, and shoot, they're in that Bear defense. And I'm like, ah, oh, this play is going to be a disaster, first play of the game. <laughs> so instead of audibling out of it, I yell, just like that. I heard that middle linebacker on the TV copy. I go, move, and they all shift out of the Bear defense. It was their call I used, and they shifted out of the defense, and I was like, oh, we got these guys. So you and audibled so we run the that defense. I audible the defense instead of having to audible our offense. <laughs> Did that ever work again in another time? Never that the in only my time life. you've ever done that? Never in my life. And because that was the <laughs> NFC Championship game, that's the coaching staff that coached us in the Pro Bowl a few weeks later. And uh, and they said, hey, how, how did you do that? Like, what did you know? And I told them the story, and they were just – they could not even believe that's it. That's unbelievable. Like, you got to be kidding me. It was awesome. It was amazing. So shout-out to my wife for the Saturday before the NFC Championship game, taking the kids to the mall or whatever she did so I could just sit home and just – extra studied like the tv copies of all the carolina games it, oh it uh it helped all right we're gonna take a quick break we still have number two and number one on this list we spent a long time on number one last week so we won't spend as much on that uh but i want to i want to play some sound from the number two uh game and the number one game on your list and then i want to talk a little bit with you about what we saw this past week with the seahawks and what you learned uh with geno smith in there so a lot more still to come with matt hasselbeck plus we will give away uh, the code for the seahawks tickets uh stick around we'll be right back The Matt Hasselbeck Show, presented by Infinity of Bellevue and Linwood. Every Wednesday from 9 to 10. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. On 710 ESPN Seattle. We are continuing on here with the Matt Hasselbeck Show. Good text, 206-421-3776 says, Good morning, this is the best hour of radio. Now that call by Matt Hasselbeck to do an audible should get him into the Hall of Fame. I am so excited for Monday night. Thanks. For just being you, Matt. That's from Woody. Thanks, Woody. Woody likes you. He just wants you to be you. That's awesome. I mean. Pretty cool. 
Yeah, I didn't really do their audible. I just called their audible. I called for their audible. I didn't know what it was going to be. I just knew it was something different. It must have. It's it's almost like uh, like knowing the magic word for something in a movie, like some sort of a quest, and you're like, well, I might as well say it and see if the door opens, and the next thing you know, it all does what it's supposed to do. Like literally, you should have seen the smile on my face under center. I think, in fact, the naked bootleg I think went to the tight end, and I throw the ball and I put my hand up in the air like in celebration, almost like before the ball even gets to the guy. Like I can't believe that just happened. Let's go! It is our day. All right. Before we get to our top two uh, Matt Hasselbeck moments, Matt uh, going into the Ring of Honor on Monday night, and so we're counting down some of his biggest moments. I do want to announce our code word for the Matt Hasselbeck show. Go to seven ten sports dot com right now. 710sports.com slash win and enter the code word return as in Matt's return here to Seattle. Do it by the end of the show. So you have a half hour to get this done to be entered to win two tickets to see the Seahawks host the Saints for Monday Night Football. October 25th is coming Monday. Remember, the code word will expire at 10 a.m. Details and rules at 710sports.com slash win. And again, the code word is return. All right. Uh, so we just did number three in our countdown here, Matt. That was the uh, that was the NFC championship game. Number two is actually the week before. And it sounds like things weren't looking too good. Finally, uh, you were able to come out of it with a win in Washington. But right now, the Seahawks can run out the clock. Redskins are out of timeouts. I think this really kind of defines what this Seahawks team has been about this season. Not in seasons past, but this season. They're able to overcome adversity. They can they can make amends for the things that happened. Sean Alexander goes out early in the game. They're down 3-0 in the turnover battle in this game. Somehow find a way to fight all that adversity, and they're going to be hosting the NFC Championship game here next weekend. What do you remember of that? I mean, it was an it was like an amazing pregame uh, going into that game because the Seahawks, I don't believe, had won a playoff game since 1984, or something like that. And we had mentioned that we had lost, you know, in, in the wild card round two years prior, and we lose Sean Alexander, who was the MVP of the league that year, and our, you know, our kind of our star running back, and we just kept clawing and finding a way. But to see pregame, how much it meant to those like elder legend Seahawk players of yesteryear, like they're on the field to see what it meant to them. And then our crowd was into it the way that it was. Uh, I mean, probably my favorite play of my career, one of my favorite plays ever was the touchdown run that I had in that game. And, you know, people will like say, Hey, oh, you outran Sean Springs on that play. Something I could never, ever do. Like he, he just was a great athlete, but it, the excitement and the adrenaline of the moment, plus, you know, Sean Springs chasing you and Sean Taylor at safety chasing you and that kind of thing to get in that end zone on a, on a, just kind of, again, a play that if you ran it a hundred times, it would never work, but it worked that one time and scoring in that moment. I remember the moment I, I, I made eye contact with a little kid in the end zone in the suites there and I walk over and I give him the ball and I turn around, have no idea all my teammates are there and then all my teammates are there. Just an incredible feeling of uh, kind of a team win and coming back from adversity mm. and, you know, everything that we did in the Super Bowl never ever would have happened. And and it was everybody. I think Max Strong had the longest run in, in uh, playoff history for the Seahawks that day. Again, on a kind of an aggressive blitz audible, we didn't have answers for it. We hand the ball to Max Strong. He pops it for 36 yards or something like that. It was just, it was just an amazing, amazing uh, taste of, of what 
what could be for this team and for our franchise. And it was uh, it's just incredibly, incredibly cool. Well, that was number two on the list. It probably should have been number one. Uh, I love this one, though, and it was the only one I was here for. So I'm not necessarily mad that field goals had this one number one. But I think everyone will remember this moment. Obamanu goes in motion right to left. Turn and handle into left side. Finds a little bit of a hole. Keep his legs moving. He's across the 40. Midfield. 45. He's on the run wings. 40. Pushes the man. 35. Look at him go. He's down to the 20, 15, he could go, he is going to go. Touchdown Seahawks. Oh my word. A 67-yard run. Marshawn Lynch, unbelievable. He must have knocked five guys down on the way to the end zone. The beast is alive and well. I mean, obviously, that's the highlight from the game. But again, we talked a little bit about this last week. Uh, you had 272 yards and four touchdowns in that game. You had a pretty good day yourself. It wasn't just the Marshawn Lynch uh, show. You you guys threw the ball around a little bit. Yeah, but it, that that play kind of uh, personifies or like it kind of is a great sort of picture of what it was like for us that year. We didn't block it right. Like we actually blocked the play completely wrong, and and Marshawn just had a grit and determination and stuck to it. And then, in you know, there's this great saying that we had in the in, in the, on the offensive side of the ball that year because we had a lot of uh, errors. So hey guys, if we're all wrong together, we're right. <laughs> so like just whatever you're gonna do, go full speed and we'll just if 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 we the wrong call let's just all go with the wrong call let's all do it together and again if, if we're all wrong we're right and if we blocked it all wrong but the cool thing about that is you see just the hustle guys like tyler Columbus and chris spencer and those guys just running to ben obamanu running downfield getting the block um and just being in that end zone the crowd i mean literally it was an earthquake like literal seismic activity earthquake from our fans celebrating just the amazing run best run in NFL history so so cool so cool to be a part of it yeah I think that replaces the Earl Campbell breakaway jersey run as as my favorite yeah, that that was really cool because it was in slow motion. They ran it all the time. Right. But, you know, I think if you look at the totality of the moment, yeah. you know, the seven and nine Seahawks who had won the division, but everyone was mad about that. Change the playoff situation. How dare you make the defending world champ New Orleans Saints come all the way out to <laughs> Southern Alaska right. to to play you? They don't deserve that. You should have to go there, and then to get the win, uh, kind of in dramatic fashion too, was really really cool, really special. All right, good stuff. Thanks for going through that, Matt. I'm sorry if it was embarrassing but cool to run through some of your highlights and i'm sure we could come up with any number more of those uh we have a couple of minutes before we start ranking things uh but so i just thought i could get a little bit of sense of what you what you saw from the seahawks on sunday night football what did you learn with you know that first half that was you know essentially devoid of offense and then the running attack that they brought in the third quarter well i think it's clear that you know Pete Carroll knows exactly what he wants to be. He understands what his formula is, and it's not showing up on the field. You know, I talked about it basically every week, just about his formula is, hey, it's all about the ball. That's ball security, and that's taking the ball away. And, you know, I think I counted four fumbles. I'm that we didn't lose them all, but, like, that's that's a problem. Even just, even just like, the look of ball security. Like, I, I look at some plays, and... You know, whether that's or there's a fumble or not, like I, I know when I at least when I played for Pete, it didn't matter if it was a fumble or not. He cared about how you were carrying the ball. 
and because he, he knew like what was likely to happen, and he cared when the opponent was carrying the ball loose, one hand on the ball, or you know there was air in the pocket there. So like that is the thing that sticks out to me glaringly, but also just like are we running the ball? And so like if you look at the second half of that game, uh, I counted it up here: one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. I think the first eleven plays in the third quarter tell you exactly what happened at halftime. They're all runs. Now, one of them, you know, Gino throws a little smoke route to uh, DK, but it's a called run. They called, I think it's 11 runs in a half, or 10 runs, 10 runs in a half, and it goes, they go down and get a score in a five or six minute drive. Like, really, really impressive. I know that's what Pete wants to be. I know that Pete wants to be, and I know there's like other people are like, oh, you know, let someone cook and all that kind of stuff, but. I know that Pete sees a vision to win it all, to go do special things, and to have the best quarterback in, in the game without doing it uh, outside of his formula. So it, that, I thought that was pretty fascinating to me, but uh, I thought it was a gritty, gutsy performance by the team, and I thought it was really cool. It just wasn't a clean game. And to uh, to get it done, you know, you just got to play cleaner football, and, and I think they're just like they're 2-4, and four, but they should, you know, they could or should be 4-2 and two right now. Um, if they just clean some stuff up, and, and I think they will, just will they run out of time is the big question. Yeah, two and four, essentially a must-win game Monday night against the Saints, but win it, and then you get to three and four, you got Jacksonville after that, and then maybe Russell Wilson coming back uh, after those couple of games in the bye week. So, good stuff. Uh, Matt, we've got some fun stuff to rank. Uh, we've done that every time, which usually leads to, if you haven't had enough Matt stories so far, we've got it, probably five more of them to come, so don't go anywhere. We will rank things with Matt Hasselbeck coming up next here on the Mike Salk Show, 710 ESPN Seattle. Got a list? Time to put it in order. Fred Dwarmfor's house. Top five. Top five meals that I have ever had. This is ranked. To be honest, that list was really biased. Brought to you by Carter Volkswagen. Every morning at 945 on the Mike Salk Show. That top ten list. I'm not buying that. Ranked. Alright, we have a uh... An official, a referee version of Ranked today for a few reasons. Uh, obviously, if you were watching the baseball game last night and you saw the the missed pitch call in the ninth, that's been all over the news. So there was a bit of an issue with Laz Diaz, who was the home plate umpire last night. You had uh, you had some real anger from uh, from Pittsburgh head coach Mike Tomlin with the officiating at the end of the game on Sunday night and why they stopped the game for a few minutes with one second left to review the uh, DK Metcalf fumble and whether or not he was out of bounds first. Uh, so, Matt, we're talking officials today. We're talking about referees. Hmm. Can I get fined? Can I get fined? I don't think so. I'm excited. My former <laughs> uh, my former very brief teammate and friend, Sean Hockley, is calling the Seahawks game this weekend. Oh, Sean Hockley. He's kind of yoked up like his dad, too. He right? was really fast. He was a quarterback in college and a little D3 school, and he was really fast, but okay. also really wanted to quit. <laughs> like, he's like I, he was so jealous that I had quit the football team, and all he wanted to do was come quit with me. Anyway, uh, what are your five? I don't know if we're doing just five interactions with referees. Rank. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, 
Usually as a player, when you're talking about referees, you can't get fined. But in the great words of Marshawn Lynch, I am just here so I don't get fined. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Uh, let's go with number five. I think it's like 1980, 1981. My dad's playing for the Patriots. Referee throws a penalty flag. Back then, they used to put like a weight in it, like a fishing weight or something. Like hits my dad in the lip, slits his lip open. He has to leave the game and get a bunch of stitches. It's like, you know, what? You know, but that that was the thing. And then you, you've seen it's happened to players. Uh, was it Orlando you know, Brown who got hit in the eye? Yeah, it was unfortunate, and it was a terrible, terrible play for the uh, Cleveland Browns. Yeah. I believe it was, but uh, but yeah. So that as a kid, you know, that was my real first interaction with referees. So you like, hated them forever. I didn't hate them. No, I just was like, yeah, be careful what they throw those flags, and why? You know, there's got to be a better way, right? Like you don't need a, something that can hurt somebody sure. when you throw it. Okay. So. So that's number five. But then, no. yeah, five. Okay. So, you know, in f- number four, so referees come to training camp. They spend time with you. And, that, you know, Mike Holmgren was always yelling at the referees, always. Okay. But when they come to training camp, Mike's very charming, charming them up, loving them up, telling us to do the same. So I remember, I think it was Gene Steratore. He comes in, great ref. Also kind of uh, yoked up. Yoked up. And well, I think Ed Hockey kind of like set the tone yes. for a lot of guys and people followed. Plus, they went to like a, a slimmer, kind of Lululemon looking like right. uh, referee uniform yes. one year and did away with like, the white pants too. But um, basically, you know, he's this like Italian food connoisseur kind of guy. He's like, hey, where, where should I go? Tell me the restaurant. So, like, I was like the Yelp City Guide, you know, four square, whatever you think for like the referees. And they'd come back to, from training camp and be like, hey, that was a great. I love that Salute in Bellevue on Main Street. What else you got? for me i'm like sending them all these places that trying to butter him up so that's you know that's kind of how it was early in my career in seattle he was uh, i think gene sterator was also a college basketball rep yeah and a great one and a great one and he's now actually on tv yeah um and, and he does i think he does a really good he job brought out he's the one who brought out the uh his, his the index, uh, card. index card to measure oh, the that ball. was him yes i like gene sterator <laughs> and he got in trouble for that and i actually thought it was a really uh you know, I thought it was really good. I it did, too. Really I kind of yeah. like that. All right, number three. All right, number three. This guy's not technically a referee. Mike Pereira. Okay, he's he was the referee, the head of referees, the head of officiating when, uh, you know, when we lost the Super Bowl, Super Bowl forty. And, you know, I, I don't know how much I could even tell you about this story, but we're at the Pro Bowl, and Mike Pereira is there. We had just lost the Super Bowl, and he's standing near the pool, and I'm basically like, oh, man, I say to my mother, I'm like, I really kind of want to push this guy in the pool right now. <laughs> it was like a cocktail hour. I had just had some anger. I kind of hadn't let it blow off yet. And my mom walks straight over to him. My mom is super sweet, right? Like very sweet. She walks over to him and she's like, hey, I had to throw you in the pool right now. And then she's, you know, grabs his pocket square. He's a very nice dresser, grabs his pocket square. And it's like, you know, this should be a yellow flag. Cause you guys like to throw yellow flag. And I, so anyway, I got to walk over and like, make sure my mom doesn't like, <laughs> get on the internet for pushing Mike Pereira in the pool after, you know, six days after the Super Bowl. But we kind of had it. We had like a little heart to heart talk and, you know, it was a start. It was a start. We're, we're good now, but Are uh, you? it was, yeah, I think so. I think so. Okay. But, um, I, I, yeah, we'll get to the, we'll get to the why All on, right. the next, on the next one. Number, Number two. two, Ed Hockley. Okay. So I mentioned they always bring the referees to Seattle or to the training camp beforehand. Well, who do they send the next year? Cause we're hot. Mike Holmgren's hot. Everyone's still hot. Who do they send? They send Ed Hockley, their strongest, biggest, buffest, toughest referee. <laughs> Your guys aren't going to be able to fight him. <laughs> so I'm kidding, kind of. But uh, you know what? It was really good because he's a great ref and he's a great, he's very professional. And all those guys are actually um, really professional and really good. And, and you know, what, one thing that he said, which is really strong, 
He said, you know, the way we're doing it is basically we have an all-star crew mm-hmm. go together and do the Super Bowl. So it's like like we're, we work best as a team. We're a unit, just like your offense is a unit. You know, like I would have much rather gone into a game back then with my wide receiver group being, you know, say Daryl Jackson and Bobby Ingram. I would I would prefer that rather than you could throw me some guy that maybe is more accomplished. You could give me Marvin Harrison and Torrey Holt. Like I, I don't have chemistry with them to go win one game, to go have a one and zero great performance. And so Ed Hockley w- was very honest about the fact that like, hey, listen, mm. for referees, like teamwork is like our number one thing we we hang our hat on, and uh, and I can respect that as a player and it, it kind of changed a lot about how i felt about um about the whole situation and uh again really good despite like what you might think really good working relationship with a lot of these referees and uh and, and that was definitely um that was, that was definitely one of them and that was it was an important i think uh training camp we had with him i always liked mike carey because he was also an inventor which i thought was <laughs> he was like nfl referee by day and inventor by night Hey, can I just quick one on Mike Carey? So he TV timeout. He runs to the bathroom one game <laughs> at at was Quest Field at the time. He runs to the bathroom or Quest Stadium. He runs to the field and then runs back out. It was just well, I was like, hey, you gotta yeah. go anyway. Very definitive fun. calls Good. from Mike Carey. Nice All right, we got nice a minute guy. left here. What is the number one? Oh, I, w- I wish I had record. more time for this one. Bill Levy, number number one. Sure. So Bill Levy was our Super Bowl in uh, in two thousand six. He was our referee. We didn't have him again until Mike Holmgren was no longer the head coach. Jim Moore is the head coach. We're playing in San Fran away game, and he's our referee. And um, I'm out at pregame, and he comes running up to me very, right away, like with kind of like tears in his eyes, and he was just like, hey, uh, I wasn't my best on your Super Bowl, and I apologize for not being my best. And at, like at that moment, for me, it was like, you know what? It, the heck with that, Bill. We weren't our best. We had a great season that year. We did not play our best that day. Uh, you're human. We're human. Sometimes we go into a game thinking we're ready. We, 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 sometimes we have a good day. Sometimes we don't. And we had a great conversation. He shared some personal things that had, you know, that, that was, it was just meant a lot to me. And, uh, and, and so the way I parent my kids now, you are not allowed to ever make an excuse about an official ever. Uh, in our house and and I really appreciate sort of the lessons that you learn through the tough times and that certainly was a tough time not getting it done in Detroit uh, against the Steelers but um, again, that, that's more on us not getting it done and, and not and not doing our best. And uh, it, it kind of forever changed the way I feel about um, just the relationship with officials, period. Um, but for sure, who I feel like I am as a parent and my kids who are in athletics now, that is just a non-negotiable. You are not allowed to get in the car and, uh, and mention officiating ever. But, but it's totally fine for the parents in youth sports to berate the officials, right? <laughs> we think that's okay? Yeah, and call if, out, you know, yell at the rabbit. Or right. yell, yell at the coaches yes. and, uh, and maybe yes. even fight them if, if it comes to that. That seems. Like... I mean, if it's hockey, right. sure, you know. <laughs> That's, That's uh... All right, Matt. Good stuff, man. What a fun hour. Uh, thank you for all the stories. I know we made you talk the whole time and probably embarrassed you, but congratulations. I know everyone is looking forward to seeing you on Monday night at halftime as uh, you go into the Seahawks Ring of Honor, where you belong. Uh, fantastic run, and you mean so much to this fan base and this community here. So thanks for doing this, and congratulations. We will see you then and talk next week. All right. Thanks, guys. Always fun. All right. There you go. There's Matt Hasselbeck. We'll be back tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. Jerry Depoto, of course, on tomorrow's show as well. Linda Cohn will join me to talk a little hockey tomorrow. Jake and Stacy up next. See ya.